0: Ah, yes, it is election season, that wonderful time every two to four years when candidates vie for our attention to make sure that we know that they know what's best for us. We just go with their plan, their values, their way of life. Our lives respectively would be a lot better off, believe me. We're getting it from all sides in these parts, for not only is is the presidency available, but there is also a Senate seat, the mayor's office, and even our district's city council. My Facebook feed is bombarded with posts about which candidate represents my personal views and the views of groups of people that are not like me. And one thing I have especially noticed in Facebook, if you are black or a woman, you have probably been told at least a 100 times the last few months which candidate you should vote for, because obviously you are not capable of thinking for yourself. But come November, once your vote has been cast, your person will just mean a little less. Now, we're not supposed to talk about politics up here on the pulpit. In fact, I think many of you have heard my oft-repeated mantra about not preaching on politics, but on injustice. And yet, in this instance, I give my counterparts on the religious right a dirty look because it seems like they're the only ones who get away with preaching about politics in a worship setting. And I can't lie, I'm a little jealous. Sure, most of what they say is bullcrap, But it's kind of like when you see a kid jumping in a puddle in the street. You know better. You're an adult. You know better. But you're still envious that they have that kind of childish freedom to just act that way. Because culturally, we've accepted that it's okay to be political when it comes to talking about who Jesus doesn't love and why that is legally important. But it's not okay to be political and wondering how the homeless person on the street got there in the first place. Despite the fact that Jesus identifies with the poor. Now, I'm going to shatter a myth for you, and you might not want to hear this, but it's true, and I promise you, we're going to get through this together, you and me. Jesus was political, but not in the Jesus as a Republican or a Democrat who will tell you who to vote for kind of political. Jesus is not partisan. Partisan is a nasty P word, and you should toss that out of your faith-based lexicon this instant. No more will I repeat that dirty word. Jesus is political. And I use the term political not from the co-opted language of power mongers who want your vote so they can keep their sovereign kingdoms, but political in the truest origin of the Greek definition relating to matters of the citizen. In its most basic form, politics is about the well-being of you and I and the millions who share in this nation's space with us. It is not about those who we vote for and the parties that they represent. Jesus gets political in the gospel today. He is given a warning that King Herod wants to kill him and this should not surprise us. We read in the Transfiguration just a few weeks ago that Jesus had set his face towards Jerusalem. The time had arrived to wrap up everything in ministry. The cross is the final inevitable step. Herod wants Jesus dead as kings have historically wanted prophets to be silent or die. And if you consider the politics of that time, Herod is simply a Jewish person standing in for Roman rule. The Romans don't want trouble in the region. And Jesus brings trouble by doing things like sitting with the tax collectors, feeding the hungry, and loving thy neighbor. Jesus was doomed from the start. So Jesus gets political as only he can. He tells Herod to go take a hike. Calling him a fox, as one commentator wrote, meant comparing him to a varmint in the Lord's field, a murderer of God's agents, a would-be disruptor of the divine economy. So yeah, they may look cute like cats, but Jesus isn't using the term fox in a positive sense. Jesus does not take the easy way out by not preaching on politics. He instead takes a verbal knife right to the heart of Israel's political machine. And if that wasn't enough to call the king of his people a varmint, Jesus then reveals his true understanding of politics. He reaches for the people. He wants to protect them from the horror that is human rule. Jesus is not concerned about offending Herod or the Romans. Jesus cares about loving others. And that is the politics of Jesus, one that is protective of God's created people. Jesus carries his politics with him all the way to the cross, the ultimate symbol of violent political dominance. Threaten Jesus with your talk of power and he will defy it and throw it in your face. Kill me outside of Jerusalem? No. I will make you do it inside. I will make the world see what you have done. Because Jesus is not impressed with Herod or Caesar, and he would not be impressed with the political leaders of today, especially these candidates. Jesus cared about the poor, the oppressed, the outcast, everyone whose society didn't. Jesus cares about you and me, not our vote but our lives, which were bound to the Messiah in baptism. And for us who live in that baptismal journey, we are called to share the same political views. We are called to be political, not for the sake of a candidate, but for the sake of others. We are tasked with making life difficult for the rulers of our time, just as Jesus did for his. Our politics with regards to the well-being of others and ourselves, cannot, cannot, cannot be separated from our faith. Party affiliation is one thing, but a commitment to love thy neighbor as thyself, to share faith, hope, and God's love with all whom we encounter, is decidedly political, for it gets to the heart of the treatment of others whom God has created. When Jesus calls Herod a fox, He throws down the political gauntlet. And when Jesus tells us to love one another as we love ourselves, we are asked to do the same. So educate yourselves. Stand firm in your convictions. And when the time comes in April and November, be sure to vote and vote. Please vote. Do not take for granted the gift that is democracy. But remember that in the ballot box, on the way, and to the end, you are God's baptized child. It is the politics of Jesus to put your well-being before the rulers of this world. The one who is making his way towards Jerusalem has redeemed us from sin, death, and the devil. Let us live in all that we do as his beloved children. To God be the glory. Amen.